0: I just don't understand how we're supposed to go back to normal after something like this happens. When you talk to someone else who's had significant loss, they'll just tell you that eventually every day you function a little better and every day you move forward. And I'm hoping that one day it'll be there. Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode of B3 Boss Babies and Socks. While I talk about all things motherhood, entrepreneurial, and how to have fun with everything in between. I'm your host, Jessica with a Y, and I cannot wait to dive into today's topic. So make sure to grab your favorite cocktail, sit back, relax, and unwind. Let's have some fun. Hey everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Boss Babies and Bottles. I have been slightly MIA with uh, my personal podcasts and partly it was because of, as most of you know, the loss of my grandmother and that has uh, highly affected me in different ways. Um, and so I guess today's podcast, I really just wanted it to be about my grandmother and and also um, some of you know and some don't, but I also lost my best friend's dad, which was very much very, very close to me and and someone I went to often as often as my grandmother and and between these two people, they were really my go to's when it came to you know advice and things that I needed and so i I wanted to do this episode and at the same time <laughs> i i i I don't want to say I dread it because I don't, but you know i'm I don't really wanna keep hashing out the the feelings over and over again out loud and and obviously, this is a very personal episode in that sense like I've lost two very important parental figures in the last six months and I'm not sure well more than that sorry because it was August and now I don't even know what month I'm in that tells you 2020 was a blur as we all know so but it's crazy because it's funny how when people are not doing well how we just kind of go see them and we just sit around and wait and that's what we did with my grandmother We knew that she was already declining and getting worse. And they told us on like a Monday, Tuesday, and we were all there and we all went. And then on Wednesday, she started to not be able to speak and wasn't obviously lucid. It wasn't anything. She was really just, she looked like she was just asleep. And that started Wednesday night. and, And then we all just were there all the time as much as we could. You know, very very few times did, did we all have to, like, get up or go do something or whatever. And we were just there as much as possible. And, and my aunts, uncles, and mom, they just, you know, they slept there with her in her house. And, and we were very fortunate because she was at home um, with hospice there and, and with us around her 24-7. And so we had that, those few days of anticipation, I guess, of knowing it was coming and kind of seeing her suffer and knowing that she didn't want to be in that state and so it was it was hard and then it was it was really hard um, to just be there and just we were all just kind of together again it was just basically five of us i have two aunts my uncle my mom and, and me and we just you know hung out with her and made sure that someone was always with her and us you know just around her just again it was not really doing much except for being there as much as possible, and, you know, I I would stay as late as I could, and then I would come home because my husband was here with the babies. I would wake up early the next day and go back, and on Friday night, I left at about midnight, and I got back at my house probably at about, you know, whatever, right before 1 a.m., went to sleep. She passed away at 2 in the morning and got the call, and I head over there, and I was there, you know, the rest of the time, and it was, it was a really rough night, especially because You know, and and it was it was rough and it wasn't. It's, It's very weird because at the moment when I found out, I thought my whole life, I thought that when this moment came, I would be destroyed. And at that moment, I wasn't. I was actually at peace because she was suffering and I knew she was suffering. And I felt like I had to I felt like, you know, like, oh, she's finally at peace. Like she's finally joined my grandfather. Like we're she's okay now you know, and, and I felt that, and and so, and you could tell, again, from all five of us that were there the whole time, that's how we all felt, like, just, although we were sad, and although, you know, that it wasn't what we wanted, it was a sense of peace um, in the moment, and then, of course, you know, that went away, and was taken over by, by obviously, um, sadness the whole time, but, you know, and then obviously getting together and and having to tell people and doing the funeral arrangements and just all of that, which very fortunate that my aunt took that part on and and I took on the part of of writing her eulogy and and finding a way to have it within me to to speak in front of friends and family and and all the people that loved her um, about her um which when it was my grandfather's passing 11 years ago, it was very all of a sudden and no one could speak. We, we really just didn't have any time to process anything. And he passed away the same through the night. And and that same night we had the wake all through the night. And the next day, the burial, it was, it was the longest, I don't know, 48, 72 hours. God knows it, it was so long and so, so terrible because again, it just really was not expected. And and this, although it was, it was just, it was still, it still hurts. It's still there. And, you know, we all felt like, okay, the poor thing is suffering. We hope that she leaves in peace. And she did. She left while everyone was sleeping. And and it was, she didn't suffer. She did nothing. She just stopped breathing. and And some of you knew, and obviously some didn't, but she had liver cancer, and she had been battling that for about three years now and she fought for us, you know, that's just the reality of all that, and so there's a difference when you have that timing of those few days, and when it's all of a sudden, uh, or when it's unexpected, and again, with my grandfather, it was all of a sudden, with my grandmother, we had the time, but then with my with my best friend's dad, my sister's dad, what I call him, it was unexpected, and just, it was unexpected, and not something that we were there for, and some of you again know and some don't, but he passed away um, in the hospital. He had been battling um, cancer and he had GVHD, which is graft versus host disease from his bone marrow transplant. And he caught COVID accidentally, of course, as obviously a lot of people during that time. And he went into the hospital on July and he never left. On August 13th, he passed after being there for about a month and He just passed and we weren't there. We couldn't be there. It was a time where the hospitals didn't allow people to go in and it was tough. And because he had been battling this for so many years, he was in and out of the hospital a lot. There was his longest stretch was in the hospital for a year before he came home. And man, he was such a fighter. I can't even begin to explain what an amazing man and fighter he was throughout the whole thing. We spent two Christmases at the hospital during this time. We went to see him as often as we could. I mean, the team at the UM Sylvester Center is absolutely fantastic throughout his cancer journey. And then throughout his COVID journey it was very different. The hospitals were not as nice. Not nice, nice is not the word. They were they were overly filled with work and we knew that. And we you know we got to see him very few times through FaceTime where he was intubated, so Speaking wasn't something that he could do. He could hear us, but we could not hear him. And his passing was hard because, again, none of us were there. None of us were able to see him after, even after he passed. It's it was it's literally been weird because there's some days where I still believe that he is here with us and that he is just in the hospital and that he'll come back and that he will be back and that I can call him and... I'm so lucky he got to, both of them, got to meet my twins and spend time with them. It was, it's my fondest memories right now. And I'm so glad I have so many photos and videos of those moments. I don't know if it was me in anticipation of knowing at some point in time it would happen or what it was, but I'm a huge picture taker um, and video taker of the kids. And so at least they have those memories and I have those memories, right? Um, so, you know, death comes differently to all of us, um, just based on what happens with the person. And it's crazy because how we're, I just don't understand how we're supposed to go back to normal after something like this happens. I don't know how, and I still obviously have not figured out how. And when you talk to someone else who's had significant loss, they'll just tell you that eventually every day just gets a little bit better or every day I don't know if better is the word, but every day you function a little better and every day you move forward. And and I'm hoping that one day it'll be there right now. I'm I'm at less than a week with my grandmother and obviously months away from, from my sister's dad's passing, but it's just so crazy how life continues. And that was something that as crazy as it was, Mike was my best friend's sister's dad's name. And Mike told me that, you know, while he was in the hospital one time, one of his comments to me was, life goes on and i think i had apologized because i hadn't been able to come like the day before or two days or whatever it was and he's like no it's it's weird because he goes i'm here and i'm doing something completely different I'm, ba- I'm fighting for my life i'm battling this but life goes on on the outside for the rest of you and and everything goes on the same still outside for the rest of you And I remember looking outside the window and and seeing just that. It was a beautiful day. And he was like, I I wish I could even just be outside to see the day. And those kind of words in that conversation really resonate with me. Because it's true. We had to keep going while he had to stay fighting as much as he could. um, To be with us as long as he could. And, you know, I remember journaling at the passing of another person that I wasn't 100% close to, but close enough, and, and and my friend was close, and I remember writing about, you know, the line in between the years, right, and, and for my grandmother, you know, her line is 1941 to 2021. That line in between those years is so, is what holds all the significance in our life. That little line that shows our years of, of life is what holds all the significance in a person's life, everything that they did, everything that they accomplished, everything that they were. I wrote how I wanted my line to be as significant and as monumental as I can make it be. And and I still stand for that every day, trying to make a difference in even if it's one more person's life, helping one more person or obviously raising my children to be amazing human beings so they can also touch many people's lives. And it's just that's what it is and, and that's what these two people did not just for me but i know for a lot of people around them and so it's just insane how that little line just represents our whole life and that's that's how i thought about it that one time and and i don't even know where that journal entry is i wish i was i have i have many journals it was years ago at this point but i remember that journal entry specifically because it was Just, again, very touching to me to even realize, you know, the importance of that. And again, it was probably easily over 10 years ago at this point. So it was a long time ago. And, and, you know, me and my grandmother have um, some amazing stories together and some amazing uh, memories. And so I got up on the day of her funeral of the week on Sunday night, and the priest came and he did his, his thing. And, he looked at me and he was like, I know you have some words to say. And my uncle wanted me to read something he had written. And then I wrote this for my grandmother. And when I read my uncle's, it wasn't as hard as obviously reading my own. And I wasn't even sure I was going to get through it. I read his and I was holding onto my stomach and holding onto my phone in the other hand, reading what he had sent me. And... I was like, okay, I got through it. And then I got to mine and I swear to you, my whole body just started shaking from just ner- I guess ner- I don't even know because I'm I'm not really a nervous public speaker for the most part. I mean, look at what I do for a living and and obviously <laughs> my podcast, but I just started shaking and I was just like, I don't know if I can get through this. And I had to take a few deep breaths and I don't know how I gathered myself and I remember shaking throughout the whole time while I was reading this and and I wanted to read it on here today as well so that I could commemorate her and in the best way I knew how because writing for me is is a scapegoat it's it's what I use to figure out how I feel and and get things out and in most cases my my journaling is absurd and and, and insane but it really helps me become um self-aware and digest the things that have happened in my life so um this is what I wrote for my abuela as most of you know my grandmother loved orchids so much so that my tia Mari told me a story on how they would go together to the orchid show and she would buy them super small the small ones so that she could hide them from my grandfather because he had finally told her, ni uno mas, which means not one more. She had so many of them in her house. She loved all types, and her garden and plants were her passion. The word orchid is derived from the Greek word orchis, and so they've had a long history of being associated with love, fertility, and elegance, which couldn't be more fitting for my abuela. She was love. There's no other way to put it. She was a devoted wife, mother, and grandmother. She was all love for her four children, nine grandchildren, two great-grandchildren, as well as so many others that came into her life that she treated as her own children and grandchildren, many of which are here today. Although she was a strong force in raising and disciplining me, I remember her very clearly yelling her phrases in Spanish that are not appropriate for me to repeat here today as she disciplined. And yet she was also nurturing, full of smiles, loved life, And as my Uncle Tito put it, best, we all feel just so grateful to have had the honor of being the child, or grandchildren in my case, of such a great and influential woman. She taught us all so much about life and love. And then there was elegance. Well, my grandmother was the most elegant, best dressed, always looked so fabulous, Abuela. She always made sure she looked her best, and in one of her moments right before transcending, my TA, Danya, and I put lotion all over her hands and feet and brushed her hair, and she knew she was very appreciative and happy. She taught me how to be wise, how to be a good person, and how to raise, and how to rise above the rest and never give up, no matter how crazy my ideas were. She supported me in everything that I did, and she was my number one fan at every single one of my accomplishments and stood up for me consistently throughout my life. She taught me how to sew, which was another big passion of hers, how to cook amazing Cuban food, and how to care for my own garden and plants. Although I still have not mastered the orchid, I know that now I will find a way to have beautiful orchids all over my home like she did. My love for old Spanish love songs and reading and traveling all came from her. We had so many fun adventures together from exploring the caves in Puerto Rico to going to Disney for Valentine's Day together to traveling all through the Mediterranean together for two weeks. Memories that will live in my heart forever. I always admired her resilience, the way she viewed life, and how she treated people. She was the best mother and grandmother. She never turned her back on any of us, no matter what. If we needed her, she was always there. There was never a moment where I could not call her and she was not there for me. As I journaled through my younger years of life, I always used to write how I wished to be more like her. Have her spirit, her love of life, her patience, her wisdom that I could too hopefully one day be as good of a mother, grandmother, and matriarch in life as she was to all of us. She fought hard, and she fought hard for all of us, just to stay with us for even as long as she could. Her goal, she told the doctor once, was to be able to see my two oldest cousins graduate, Sophia and Jason, and now she'll have a front row seat, along with my abuelo, to all the important moments in life. We will now carry her within us in every decision we make and in every memory we create as a family, united together in her strength and in God. If Abuelo and Abuela's life has taught us all anything, I hope that it's taught us to enjoy now our loved ones and the time we have with them, that there's no arguments or disagreements or discussions that are worth any lost time with family and the people that we love. I will miss you, Abuela. May your orchids in heaven be as beautiful as you are. I love you. And as hard as it was for me to get that out now, you can only imagine how hard it was that day with her behind me and all our friends and family in front of us. If you've gone through a significant loss, I understand you. And I'm with you. And my heart goes out to you too. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As hard as it was for me to get this out, I'm hoping that it will help someone at some point in time. So thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I cannot wait to chat with you guys soon. So make sure if you haven't already, subscribe to our next episode and follow my craziness on Instagram at ebjevents events and at canal.twins. I promise you something's always happening.